Yo. Yes, what up, what up, what up, man? What's going on, man? What's going, What's on? going on? What's going on with you? I'm just rocking with the best podcasting partner in the game. Introduce yourself yeah. to the people. Yeah, we're back at it again. You know, it's Trill Salsa. Well, Travis Ross, a.k.a. Trill Salsa. Yeah, you know what, man? Let's get down to business, what, what's going on nowadays, you know? Let's get straight to business, man. I mean, we got some shit to get into. We got some social injustice, because it is injustice. We got some... We got some entertainment news. We got some sports news. What you want to start with? We we just start wherever you want to start, man. You know what I want to notice, man. I'm going to I, I can summarize it with this: all scam folk ain't can folk, man. Mm-hmm. Like what happened with Breonna Taylor was uncalled for. She did not deserve to die. But the fact that I see some people out here, black people, trying to justify it, saying, "Oh, she was kind of line of fire." Oh, we're sad that happened, but the law is the law. No, if the law was the law, those officers, mind you, plain clothes officers, on a no knock warrant, that 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 she shouldn't have died. Those officers should have been charged. Period. Period. So, let's hop into it. So the charge, <laughs> hey, let's. So the charge is um, wanton endangerment. I had to get. I've never heard this charge in my life. It's a class D felony. I had to go and look up the definition. Wanton endangerment is under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life. And that charge is a class D felony and it only applies to none of the cops that shot her, but the cop who didn't shoot her, but bullets went into her next door neighbor's apartment, which makes no sense. Why are we worrying about the next door neighbor's apartment? more than the woman that was actually killed. And the biggest thing I can say is um, the state of Kentucky gave her people money for a wrongful death. But why, how is there not a charge to the person that committed the wrongful death? Like, even if you run somebody over with the car inadvertently, it's involuntary manslaughter still, you know? So how can we not find a charge, something that's going to stick to these cops for what they did, which is essentially, you know, let's, let's call it what it is, murder. Murder. They killed that girl. They killed the innocent woman. If it was a white woman, a white child, a white man, nation would be in outrage. Nation, the whole country would be in outrage, and black people would have to force ourselves to care and force ourselves to act like it's a tragedy when it happens to us all the time and they get away with it. It would not be wanton endangerment. It would not be the person, the people who actually put bullets in the person, not even getting charged and facing prosecution if it was a white person that got dead like this even if the cops were warranted to go in there they would sweep the fact that they went in there for the right thing and boost up the fact that they shot a white person if that was the case but you know you know what happens you know how they treat us in this country and it's 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 a damn shame i mean at this point as a black man i'm tired of being gaslit america to me is like the emotionally abusive boyfriend (laughs) that just gaslights you like i ain't got the problem you got the problem I ain't do that to you. You you just imagine it all in your head. It's like, no, I know you're doing this, but I'm stuck with you because I, where the fuck else am I going to go? Hey, you see how everything is going on, man. For example, that, the, the, again, the system. Notice how I say it's a system. It ain't no justice system. If it was a justice system, everybody would have been receiving justice. But you saw how many times black people have been denied justice. It was a simple thing, mind you. The wall, the people next door, nothing had anything to do with the killing. People, various testimonies say, were saying the cops did not notify themselves. People were trying to paint 
Breonna Taylor as if she was the person in the wrong, like, oh, she was the bad guy because, mind you, her ex who didn't live there anymore, who they, what I believe, who I believe they already had in custody, um, they, they, just, they just went into the place, mind you, shot mm-hmm. them, just busted in, mind you. And this is, this is another part I want to come into. White people only think the First Amendment, I mean, the Second Amendment only applies to them. They mm-hmm. don't say, hey, we have the right to bear arms. Then people, hey, but if a black person wants to defend themselves, oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. You, you, you can't. They're cops. They're cops. Let me ask you this. If someone busts into your house unwarranted mm-hmm. for no reason, are you going to protect yourself? Of course. That's the exact same thing I was thinking. I have no idea who you are busting into my home. My first instinct is, instinct is to protect myself. Of course, I, especially if I don't know if you're cops. And the whole point, they were there. Apparently, like you brought up, there was her ex-boyfriend was was there and walked out with a package. They thought it was drugs. So they went to kick in the door with a no-knock warrant. Went in there, no drugs found. But yet, we get a dead body. It took 190-something days for her to get a decision like that. And for the decision to be bullshit. I heard there was 12 people saying the cops didn't identify themselves and only one saying that they did. And I mean, I just, like you said, all skin folk ain't care folk, but we're going to get down to nitty gritty. David Cameron, attorney general of Louisville, Kentucky, or mayor, I don't know his official position. Oh, Daniel you, Cameron was. Or the attorney general. Attorney general, Daniel Cameron. I'm sorry, thanks for the correction. You skin folk. You skin folk. I ain't going to even say my nigga. You just skin folk. The way you just let this happen to a black woman in your city, when you were a, a black man in a position of power to do something, something, you didn't even make a statement, bro. He's so I like your, or your, or your statement is, or the statement you did make was bullshit. I just, just I mean, I remember wasn't what wasn't like three, four weeks ago he was at the damn Republican National Convention. Yep. Ridiculous, it's, ridiculous that. that. I mean, even if it's not. In his case, even and I, I'll play ball. Even if it's not for standing up for your race, that's just bad as the attorney attorney general to have some shit happen like this on your watch. And the best you can do is charge a cop who didn't shoot her, who who bullets missed. You are more worried about the people who didn't get shot than the person who's dead. Because you know what happens, oh mind you, he's charging with a class class misdemeanor. Mind you, Daniel Cameron is a Republican. A black conservative on that part, and mind you, you know, you know he's he's married to Mitch McConnell's granddaughter and all that stuff. So you know for a fact he's gonna try and do everything to stay in that house because he's got that house nigga mentality. Mm-hmm. And straight up going forward, when you look at it, be realistic. You know justice wasn't served, and Daniel Cameron. You know, mind you, Trump has him on his list of people to. Tap to replace Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg, you know, potential. So, you know, he's going to have to do some things just, you know, just like that. I see people congratulating Daniel Cameron saying, hey, you made the right choice. And before you ask, yes, they were. People are mm-hmm. out here like, why is it every time a black person is killed, where they're always trying to justify it with something? Mm-hmm. Every time. He had a late parking ticket. He deserved to die. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you got that white kid who went to Wisconsin 
with an assault rifle, underage, open fire. People are caught. Mind you, he got caught a little boy. Trayvon Warren got caught a man. Kyle Rittenhouse goes up, kills two people. People are talking about, oh, he's being a patriot. Nah, me traveling to another city to protect it, saying, oh, I'm trying to protect the TJ Maxx or Walmart isn't patriotism. You, the, the motherfucker had an intent to kill. I mean, if you ask me, real patriotism is standing up for your country to be the best it can be. And there's a brainwashing with people like Kyle Rittenhouse who don't understand where it's like, you know, if it wasn't us, if it wasn't the Hispanics, if it wasn't the the uh, Chinese, if it wasn't the Middle Eastern people, it would be you. The gun would be pointed at you. Like what, what always gets me is how poor white people are the strongest people who campaign for these type of treatment for black people. Uh, when it comes to social injustice, they, they campaign and go the hardest for Trump when it comes to politics and the fucked up politics. And it's like, it's fucking you too. They're using you. They don't give a fuck about you either. Like what they're trying to cut and what they're doing, like if it wasn't happening to us, it would be happening to you. Especially during a pandemic because they're facing economic hardship, but they're going to show up and show up to those Trump rallies. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I don't, I mean, I, I called bullshit a long time ago. You can't tell me this country, you know, is doing bad and people can't live off minimum wage, but yet all that shit is just, you know, black people and minorities. No, this country is 60% white, which means the majority of the poor folk in this country are white because it has to be by the fucking numbers. It has to be. And then, you know, with all this stuff going on, you know, mind you, and this is a thought, and I'm glad you brought something up, mind you, one stimulus check, right? Compared to how other countries are handling things during the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you you put the loans on forbearance or you suspend temporary loans. It, mm-hmm. and, and when you look at these things, it's all saying we ain't got money for this, but mind you, money's being funneled to the Pentagon. Somehow police are getting these brand new police equipment militarizing the police but somehow people are out here facing eviction and <laughs> and this is just like this is this is the this has been the same song for America for a minute a long yeah. time you know where the priorities lie you know the one thing at the end of the day is and, and as us as black people we have to say be black and alert we have to see what's mm-hmm. gonna because at the end of the day not everybody is your friend, whether it be the white liberal, the white, or the white conservative, because at the end of the day, it's going to get to a point where we have to make our own decision at the best, at the end of the day, at our own interest. We can't mm-hmm. let someone who's a coon try to speak for us. We can't, I'll be damned if uh, Candace Owens tries to speak for me. I will be damned. Mm-hmm. Talking about we need to leave the plantation. No, nah, you need to leave that house. <laughs> Talk your shit, Trilly. <laughs> she got some oh, damn nerve man. calling somebody ignorant trying to go out after Cardi B, but meanwhile you got Kid Rock and Ted Nugent who are MAGA who are MAGA namiacs out here, but you won't call him out. Come on exactly. We both got more knowledge and in our pinky finger than Kid Rock and Ted Nugent put together. Yeah, I mean Candace Owens, Herschel Walker. Jason Whitlock, I mean, oh, the, list, the, the, the Hodge twins, uh, D- D- Daniel Cameron, 
Um, who else? Uh, There's so many more. Not 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 Herman Cain. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy, that was the, Ben Carson. I mean, just suckling, suckling at this, you know. And it's just a shame to think that you will allow yourself to be used against your own people. And it's not like what we're saying isn't substantiated. I mean, from slavery until now, there has not been just treatment of the black person. And and that's it. Like, I can't see how as a black person, you can align yourself with these ideals every time social, social justice come up. You know what? Politically, if, if Candace Owens cares about Trump's tax plan, I don't give a fuck how you feel politically about finances. I don't give a fuck how you feel about climate change. But when it comes to social justice, I don't see how you can just put blinders on and act like it don't exist as a black person. When If it was you, Candace, and when it's you, Candace, and that cop car and that cop pull up and they do you dirty... They're not going to give a fuck that you care about Trump. Because guess what? They're going to see you as a nigga one. they still going to see you as a nigga. Whether you, you black. black. You because let, let, me, let me spin it on this, though. It's been going on for a long time. They 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 find some, they get some black people. They, they make them prominent. They whitewash them with education. Mind you, notice how I said whitewash. They'll try to tell mm-hmm. people like you and me that George Washington was a patriot. And that Abraham Lincoln freed slaves, so that makes him a good man. Lincoln ain't one of Lincoln still believed in segregation. He he believed in abolishing slavery, but he still believed in mm-hmm. segregation. Mm-hmm. So and it's a whole lot of stuff. They will find a garner a group of certain black folks to make them prominent mm-hmm. and to turn them into modern day coon. What's this? It's just sad. Like I said, it's it's being ga- black folk have been getting gaslit in this country for for a year, for centuries. You know, just oh, how we treat you is not the problem. How you interpreting us treating you is the problem. And it's like, all right, you know what? You got it. And you know, black folk, I want to tell to my people that fuck them. Don't let them brainwash you and make you give a fuck about black-on-black crime because black-on-black crime don't exist. Crime has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with proximity. Because white, white people do like, They will bring up Chicago to death, but nobody wants to address white-on-white crime in their communities. They just want to use black-on-black crime as a scapegoat. Exactly. And they, they want so to like try that. to make themselves feel guilt-free where nobody wants to mm. talk about things like Reaganomics or how we're drugs distributed into the community. Nor how mm-hmm. people have been racially profiled. Police brutality does affect more than one race, but black people and minorities are targeted a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's just, so, you know, as black people, I would say our best course of action is we have to unify. And I know it's hard. It's 13 million black people in the country. We're not all going to agree, but we we got to unify on some universe on some concepts we feel are universal pull our money our dollar cannot stick around in our community for six hours i mean like i said we got to pull our money together and create that 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 business prowess and that capital to get candidates in there that's going to support us and put money behind their campaigns and put money behind them so you know you got to shop black you got to eat black you got to do everything black you know what I'm saying? This, this is a situation where even though we may have allies, we can't count on them. 
to do it for us. We gotta do it for ourselves. And if it's fucked up, that's the way it has to be. Yeah, but that's the way it has I to mean, be. We gotta have candidates that serve our interests at heart, not yeah. just hey, let me do this for you, and we'll go from there. Like, just don't. Yeah. Just, and this is why I'm weary of this election. Like Malcolm X said, like. Well, let me speak in this. Minorities have so much, especially black folks, we have so much power in the vote when it comes to election time. Mm-hmm. Notice how they're trying to pull out all these stops. You notice how Trump's trying to do this? He's saying about, I don't know about a peaceful transition of power, nor do I about ballot voting. Like, you know how he's trying to attack the UPS, doing everything in his power to make sure that people like you and me... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it ain't it's ain't it ain't nothing new. It ain't nothing new at all. It ain't nothing new at all. I mean, gerrymandering, splitting up a redefining district. Therefore, the districts with big minorities has some influence and has some votes being pulled in from people that disagree with them. So the candidate in the presidential election wins more votes in that county and shit. You know, you know this ain't nothing new. We can we can break down a million things that. Not just police brutality that has been going on and still goes on to disenfranchise black folk in this country. And, and that's just what it is. It's not acceptable. And me and you and our platform here, everything under the sun is going to continue to push forward for um, that to end. And, you know, we're going to pray that everybody else black is going to push forward for that to win. And that's just what it has to be. Uh, let me just say this, though. Understand this. Like Malcolm X said, like in 1964, this is the year of the ballot or the bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me, and there's another thing I want to touch on. You know, it was a, you know, it was on social media last night, you know, and mind you, and you, and you know what I'm about to talk about. I, I know you know what I'm about to talk about, right? And it's some straight bitch made shit that I seen last night. Tory Lanez, man. Oh, man. You, you gonna go out here. Now, you know the nigga's guilty. Dude's doing all this instead of just being up front, coming out as a man. He gonna drop some music. Yeah. They ain't gonna try and diss people about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dog, just on up to your action. The fact that Megan mm-hmm. the Stallion tried to protect you, mind you, because you know, during the times being a black man and all that stuff, if he would have came out with the gun, you know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fact that she did all that just to protect you, and then you're going to dog her name like that? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I agree with you. Like, why the fuck would he do this? What, what, what was the point? Like, what was the point of putting out a body of music? Hey, you didn't even, it's not even on Spotify and Apple Music. I'm not sure if he's blackballed from those um, streaming providers or what. But literally, I just cared about getting to it. I thought he was going to make a statement. I saw the tweet. He said, I got time today, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I was pissed, A, because that's 11 o'clock our time. As you don't know, we're here in Houston. So I was like, man, do I really want to stay up for this bullshit? Stayed up for him. Then I go on to his Instagram. This motherfucker dropped a body of music. I'm thinking you about to make a statement on Instagram Live. Then I get on the body of music and I go to the song. Luckily, it's song fucking one. And when I tell you this nigga sounds like a guilty man trying to prove his innocence, 
this nigga sound like a guilty man trying to prove his innocence so bad. Oh, man, you know I still want to be with you after all of this, and I fuck with you. I never put you in this predicament, and it didn't go down like that. And it's like, and this is your statement. This is a horrible statement. This is like prime example of what any nigga says when he's trying to keep his girl. I would never do that to you, and you know I would. Like, when he get caught lying. Okay, so... Let's continue off what we were saying about Tory Lanez being a bitch ass nigga. As I was going off on that note. Damn, hell, hell. Rehash to the people what you were saying about it. Because pretty much is this, dog. Every, every, why, why is it every time? And this goes back to what I'm speaking in general. Black women matter. We got to keep continuing protecting our black women. Because it's niggas like that, like Tory Lanez, that are sick in the head. Like they like this dude was ripped. Like people are really out here trying to say it's two sides to the story. Come on, man. That's just ridiculous. Man. Like I was saying, man. Like why the fuck did he do this? Why? Who who advised you to do this? Like what made you think this was a good idea? Like who, like he, who told you this was a good idea? And it's like I was saying, like he sounds like a guilty man trying to sound innocent, just making those empty promises you make to a girlfriend once she caught you cheating. You know I'll never do you like that, and I I I'll never put you in that type of position. And do 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 do. And now look at you, looking stupid. Nobody mm-hmm. believes you. Let's be real. Meg has no reason to lie on you. She, I mean, at the time you shot her, you was hot, but she was hot, just as hot as you, or even hotter. She she had Savage Remix, Big Old Freak, Cash Shit. She had Wap Wap after the shit. So like she was big. She has no need to lie for you for clout, to lie on you. You know everything makes you look bad. And honestly, in my opinion, he's better off taking the L. You was better off just admitting it, taking the L, and then you know getting deported to Canada, working hard to get back in, going to jail, and just doing what you got to do. I mean, everybody forgave Chris Brown. America loves a comeback story. They'll forgive you, too. And what concerned me was he going to say I was drunk? I, I I got drunk before, but I ain't, I ain't, I ain't shoot nobody. I, I ain't going to cap nobody in the foot. Last time I got drunk, I got sleepy. That's it. No matter what, man, domestic violence is never acceptable. Ever. Never, ever acceptable. So nobody gives a fuck that he was drunk or what he did or what he didn't do. It's stupid. What you did was stupid and you ruined your career over being Tory Lanez, having a damn Napoleon complex. Stupid shit. Man, you ain't lying, man. He let his ego really, this dude was really like, oh, let me drop some music. That that'll that'll show him. Yeah, I mean, uh, did you see how Rick Ross trolled him? He said he brought him a car, and it was a smart car, and he told that nigga that his album went double acrylic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I that, I'm not gonna lie, that was hilarious too. But I would advise, while well, Rick Rick Ross should definitely tread lightly. We didn't forget about the Molly and the champagne. Yep, he, he really should tread lightly on that because, yeah, all, all someone got to pull up the tweets or the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Yeah, man, stupid. Message to all our black men: protect black women. We already heard them enough. I mean, so many, so much. Not me and Trilly. We both are. 
lawyer committed men to black women, but we already do. Black men already do so much. I mean, I was linking it to something else. I saw a video of uh, a public interview, you know, those popular interviews where people go to the mall or go to a college campus and they interview them. And um, the guy was asking dudes the question, who would you date? Like, what race would you not date? And when I said so many black boys, black young men said they would not date black women, and and and, I, and it just hurt my heart because it's just like they already face the same shit we go through. Plus, being a woman, you know, not being paid the same as us, the fear of sexual violence, all and all type of other stuff. Uh, people hating on them and they're cho- and trying to infringe on their choice to have abortions or not. And then we are and now the least we can, the least uh, what we want to do is at least let them know that they're beautiful and appreciated and loved. Like. I get that it may be your preference to like another woman of another race, but that don't mean you got to shit on, you know what I'm saying, a woman of your own race. But I see what you... No, I see... I, I hate seeing videos like that because they'll be like, oh, if I date this race, they're easy to, you know, easy to control. They're, they're not as boisterous and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But damn near, no, you got a black mama, but you won't say that to your own mom. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't dare speak I'll, that so, I'll be damned. I, I mean, linking it, we started with Tory, but linking it all together, black men have to do a better job of protecting, cherishing, and adoring our black women. Even if it's not romantically, you know, just for the cause and for the fact that they always hold us down, and the least we can do is hold them down, especially when niggas are on the wrong. But, you know, you're right, my brother, you're right. You know, niggas gonna be niggas, and they only gonna care about themselves, but... We gotta hold black women down better, black men. Period. That's just what it is. I mean, it's that ego, man. When they let that ego get, you see where it ends up taking you, man. It's it's sad. I gotta say it, but it's it's a damn shame, you know. We we still and we having conversations like these in 2020, and once again, like the bar, the bar is gonna keep getting lower, but. It's stuff that's got to get together, you know, stuff that's got to change. And these are one of the things we got to change. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. But, you know, let's get into some crazy stuff, some crazy stuff. Um, right. Dropping into our sports coverage. Crazy first and foremost, before we get into this crazy story, how about the crazy week that was week two of the NFL? Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. Nick Bosa tore his ACL. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, man, a bunch of players going down. How you feel about all the injuries that happened, man? Like- I mean, with COVID going on and a lack of a preseason, and, and granted that some players, yeah, like you, you were in shape, but the experience, you know, not that, you know, that pr- lack of preseason experience, you know, it it'll definitely do some to you. And of course, the playing surfaces, you know, that granted how how that in some cases some players are like with some of the 49ers they're being considered being held out at MetLife Stadium because of the surface mm-hmm. I don't blame them man I mean the 49ers are rocked especially since they were just in the Super Bowl I mean Kittle I believe Kittle was hurt going into the game their starting QB hurt their star defensive lineman's hurt they're starting running back or one of their running backs is hurt I would just... nah, they're down two running backs yeah Oh, they are. They're down both of them, so. And then Thurman's still on the IR. So, 
Um, I'm the 49ers. I'm boycotting. I'm boycotting. I'm, I'm boycotting the shit out of MetLife Stadium. And it's crazy because you definitely see the lack of preseason and football and, you know, not taking those hits and getting that running out and all that. It's affecting them bad. It's affecting them bad. We've seen a bunch of injuries. And it's sad. It's bad for the game. But getting into the wildest story and the wildest injury from week two, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor got his lung punctured by the doctor botching the injection. He came in. He wanted an injection, an injection, an injection of uh, a painkiller medicine for having a cracked rib, and the doctor performed the injection but botched it and ended up puncturing his lungs. He ended up being hospitalized right before he was supposed to start the game against the Chiefs. And my biggest thing with this is that the coach empathized with the doctor. Anthony Lynn was all like, "Oh, you know, bad days happen, and you know these happen, and you know it happens." But it's like, no, it it it, it brings me back to. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen Chris Rock later special tambourine, but he was actually talking about police brutality and was all like bringing up talking about how people be like every time a cop shoot a black person, it's not all cops, it's just a few bad apples. And he was all like, Well, some professions can't have a few bad apples. Like it can't be yep. a few bad apples, a few bad apple pilots, and it can't be a few bad apple doctors. Like you like if you punctured his lung, I'm thinking, like, is his lung not full of that painkilling medicine? Like, did like when he put the needle in him, did the painkiller medicine go to his lung? Like, did it, did it, you know, put that shit in his bloodstream? You know, I don't, it, I don't know. And it's just like, it, it just can't I, happen like that. I'm not gonna lie, man, because when I got that notification, I was like, well, before I'm like, did, did Tyrod Taylor, I'm like, was it a last minute change? Did he decide that? Mm-hmm. Did the Chargers coach decide to bench Tyrod Taylor at the last minute? And then when I get the notification, you know, like two days later, I'm like, whoa, wow, that that is that is unfortunate. I'm like, dog, if I'm Tyrod Taylor, I'm pissed. Then don't get me wrong, I'm not disrespecting the rookie, but at the same time, it's just uh, you you punching my lungs like that. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely an ass whooping. Fucking ass whooping lawsuit. All the charges about to pay me for this year. Y'all about to run me some more bread for putting me in danger and putting me with this guy. But um, my thing is, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's a lawsuit. But I think it's time, man. It's 2020. All the sports leagues are with the shit when it comes to social justice now. I fuck with the symbolic justice. Let's let's do some more politically, you know, like how the NBA players put the pressure on the owners to do their political connections. But it's 2020. It seems like we're in a moment of change, and I think it's finally time, especially with we being legal so many places and players advocating it for years now. I think it's finally time for the NFL to just finally endorse weed as a painkiller. Maybe you don't want them smoking game day or day before. I don't know, but let's let's stop. I mean, it's hurting players. Tyrod Taylor has had a, his lung punctured because the painkiller. Um, craze in football. Players, countless players have ended up addicted to painkillers because they have to take these injections over and over and over again. And a big reason they smoke weed is because they get rid of the pain without the side effects. And it's time for change. You know, weed is not what it used to be. It's, it's benefits to it. I mean, it helps people with, you know, I think it helps people with cancer, it helps people with AIDS, it helps people eat, increases their appetite and stuff like that. And let's just. You know, stop playing games and hurting these athletes because, you know, 
That's your bread and butter. That's how you make your money. That's who people come to watch. I don't come to watch Jerry Jones. I don't come to watch Roger Goodell. I come to watch Tyrod Taylor. You know? I don't, I don't say, how you feel about that? Should the NFL endorse weed as a painkiller or what? But, you know, Lord knows, all it's going to take is some pissed off white folks. You know, the people that are allegedly boycotting football, even though they're probably peeping that score right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, this weed is bad for the sports and all that stuff. And meanwhile, Jim Bob's out here drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette every other day. Mm-hmm. But weed is where they draw the line at, apparently. They and don't get me wrong. I, I'm okay with using weed as a painkiller. Mm-hmm. But the question is, though, is how when it comes to game day, as long as you're able to perform the job, mm-hmm. I mean, you're perform at your position effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Testing protocols and whatnot. How do you? I'm not, How do you? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like, how do you test if somebody's high on game day? You know, it's grown men. You can't be watching. Them. You can't be putting an eye on them. But I mean, we need better ways other than feeding guys pain killing injections that's puncturing their lungs and leaving them addicted after playing football. You know, you can't because, like I said, painkillers. It ain't the way, man. You can't be using painkillers. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, you probably have to do a drug test in advance and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like of course, peeing in a cup and all. I know it's other ways to do a drug test, I, but not, that's just the one that's common to me. Not to cut you out, but I think they can probably test it. They could probably have it in a controlled environment, too. You know, where they test it and stuff like that. I mean, they could probably, fuck it, let them smoke on game day. Or let them only smoke a little bit on game day. You know, I don't know. Monitor how much it takes to get them high. I mean, they got, they got, literally, they got, like, these little um, bands now. I saw this on one of the NFL pregames where, like, it can tell how close you were to somebody. Like, I forgot how it worked. Like, it changes color or some shit. If somebody's positive and then, you know, it can, like, tell you everybody that was close to you, send a message to everybody that was close to you if you come up positive. Them to get tested as well. So the technology. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Technology's out there. I think the team doctors can put it in a controlled way. You know, hey, one joint for the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You only wow. you only get two. You only get two puffs before today's game, and that's it. You've been smoking all week. You should be good. Sprint ankles should be fine. Get out there and go make a play. But uh, I mean, the moral of the story is we can't keep giving these guys Toradol and whatever the fuck they're giving them to kill this pain. We gotta. Embrace ways to relieve this pain, you know. Guarantee the contracts while we're at it. Shit, give them their money. Big reason NFL players play injury and take these injections because their their money's not guaranteed. Guarantee their contracts. Baseball do it. Basketball do it. Because you know it's going to happen post-career, you know, when they get up in age and you see what's going to happen with the benefits and whatnot. You know, players are going to need – compensation, you know, after retirement, and, you know, there, there's still going to be some, you know, there. I'm not going to say there may be some lingering issues. We we don't know. I don't wish that on anybody, though. I really don't. It's just, you know, it's crazy. But let's move on to something more positive. So before the season started, I was making a list. And I found myself looking at it and going over and over. Trilla, you know there's ten starting black QBs in the NFL. Yes, it's been a. It's when was the when was the last time you heard of that? I, never. Last time, never. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, 
Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, and Dwayne Haskins Jr. What a time to be alive, man. I mean, in 2020, I mean, little black boys and girls should see hope because when I look at this list, Watson, top-tier quarterback. Mahomes, top-tier quarterback. Jackson, top-tier quarterback. Where we at? Three. Wilson, top-tier quarterback. Four. Kyler, top-tier quarterback. Five. Newton, top-tier quarterback. Six. Prescott, decent. Haskins, kind of poo. Taylor, we got to see. Bridgewater, we got to see. But, I mean, hope. I see hope. But you know what's happening What's up? Go ahead. The people that the fact that a lot of people were writing off Cam Newton, yes, we know he had a, he had a couple some injuries in the past, but the way he's been playing in New England, the way Bill Belichick has been balancing him out, it's actually been working out pretty well in his favor. I mean, dare I say it? I am intrigued. I'm not gonna say I'm a Patriots fan yet. You know my allegiance lie with the Texans, but you know everybody have a secondary team or another team that they kind of like. Yeah, I fuck with them, but I am interested in this Cam comeback, and I have been glued to the TV the past two days, the past two weeks he's played. And I'm liking what I'm seeing, man. Hopefully he get NFL comeback player of the year. He stay on this path. Maybe even interest his way into the MVP uh, talks. But my biggest thing about I'm, him, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Right now, I got my MVP. I got Russell Wilson as an MVP oh, he's favorite he's after these gone. first two weeks. He's you know he got like 11 incompletions but nine touchdowns? <laughs> that's, that's insane. Like he almost has as many touchdowns as he has incompletions. But what I see with all this is, man, times are changing. And what I hope people look at this and see is, like, yeah, it's a sport, but, like, black people, not just black men, we leaders. And we can be leaders. And, you know. We can- and especially at the quarterback position where being a black quarterback was taboo. But nowadays it's not – it's just like, hey, I'm not really surprised. Yeah, man. And the game has adjusted to fit – what they said was a black quarterback's game, which is, oh, he's he's a, he's a runner, he's not a passer. Well, now you need a quarterback that can run. <laughs> now you need a quarterback that can run. So, more power to him, man. Who are you most excited to watch? Are you excited to see Murray grow? Are you excited to see if, if Jackson keep it up, come back, Cam? Who are we most excited to see out of these 10 guys? Um, like I said, I've already, I already see Deshaun Watson on Sundays. I already voiced my opinions about Watson. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still some miscues he makes at times, like when it comes down to the pocket. But some things is I feel like Deshaun Watson will thrive more until we get, you know, a better coaching situation. And that's that's what I really want. I don't want Deshaun Watson's ability to be stifled all because of a coach. Mm-hmm. Like, you see how Lamar Jackson is balling around in Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Great coaching. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, balling. Great coaching. Cam all Newton, of that. Tyler Murray, great coaching. Russell hey, Wilson, great coaching. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Great, great this. Don't get me wrong. Pete Curl has made some questionable decisions. I will say that. Especially with that goal line situation. However, I will say this though: Russell Wilson has still been that guy. He mm-hmm. he's been that guy. He he's been there for a minute. He like and with that being stated though, and Kyler Murray, he'll be an emerging presence. Yes, they got DeAndre Hopkins now. That that hurts. It hurts, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, football is business. It's it's a business decision that you're gonna have to make. Mm-hmm. One of those things. 
I was pissed about. Yeah, but it was like you pay for your future or you pay D Hop. Truly, I'm looking at this list. And with Mahomes, Jackson, and Wilson, we might be in for the first ever all black quarterback Super Bowl. Hey, this could this is it. You know, you what got a, what a time to be alive. And if Mahomes and Wilson make it, I think that'll be the number two and number three black quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl playing to win their second one, Pat. Because Wilson won one fourteen, Pat won last year. I think Wilson was the first guy to do it since Derek Williams. Yeah, I'm about to say because yeah, it's like like I said, it's starting to become to a point where the black QB position isn't taboo. Yeah. All I can say about it is, man, what a time to be alive, you know. And I just like I said, take a message of hope from it, black folk. We leaders, and you see these guys and the history of black quarterbacks in the NFL. We forced our way into being leaders, and we made them adjust to seeing us as leaders. And just like it's happening in football, it can happen in everyday life, how they treating us. Hey, you speaking facts, man. You are speaking facts, my brother. <laughs> so, going on, continuing with the sports coverage, Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, boy. I mean, first and foremost, geez. I mean, I thought this was going to be a series, but Miami can be, I mean, Miami can end this series tonight. But like basketball goes, basketball is a game of runs. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I like Boston, how Brad Stevens has got him around. Like, I like Brad Stevens. It's more in this series, it's more coaching than player at times. You know, like, this is my opinion. You don't have to agree. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. The fact that Eric Spolstra, Spolstra, was able to get this team to go to the finals and Pat Riley. Don't forget, Pat Riley was behind this because remember, Mm -hmm. he got Pat Riley to get. Jimmy Butler to come to Miami, you know, with the good drafting decisions they made. Hey, it's paid off. Brad Stevens, if it's the one thing he's going to do, is this motherfucker is going to have some damn good player development. Mm-hmm. I This dude could literally get a broom and coach it to the NBA Finals. <laughs> I mean, And I've followed Brad Stevens since his days in college. That dude can coach. Man, he he can. Coach. I mean, he, he's gotten to the NBA and proven his work. I mean, he's one of the few guys that came from college. Him and Billy Donovan are the two currently in the league. It might be another guy, but I don't know. Uh, that came to the NBA and at least established themselves as they can do it at this level. I mean, I originally had the series going seven, but the game is actually currently running on the day that we're shooting this. So I'm going to pick up and watch it once we're done shooting, but – this is ridiculous. I mean, I started off when I first proposed this topic of who was the scariest matchup for the Lakers, but like the only matchup for the Lakers is going to be the, the the Heat. So, you know, how do you feel about that? How do, how do we feel about a Lakers-Miami Heat final? I feel like that's the way we're heading towards. I mean, don't get me wrong. Denver may – don't get me wrong. The Lakers will probably win it. Denver will push it to six, most likely. Mm. But – well, you know how Denver is. They're always built for that comeback special. The question is, do they have another comeback special? And with the and with the East, the how how do I say this? With the East, I just feel as if I, I don't want to be so quick to just say, "Hey, let's go with the the Heat and call it a day." Don't, don't get me wrong. Literally towards the end of the game, the Celtics literally took the lead with eighty five. It was eighty five to eighty four. Mm-hmm. But then Tyler Hero got hot. Mm-hmm. Now, 
with that being said, can if Tyler Hero can do the same thing, or if an unsung hero, hell, even Bam Adebayo, can do the same thing again, this series will end the night. Otherwise, if Kimba Walker can get out the mud, and if Jalen Brown, this is what I'm looking for. I'm actually looking for Jalen Brown to do something tonight. I know Jason Tatum will show up. Mm-hmm. I know Marcus Smart will do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for what will Jalen Brown do and Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let me ask you. You said Denver's pushing to six. Boston pushing to six tonight? Yes or no? Yes. But this this game will definitely go down to the wire. This this will not this will not be a blowout. This will this game is going to be a nail biter. Okay. Not I'm not expecting a lopsided game. And I will got, say that. And you got Denver pushing it to game six tomorrow, correct? Yes. That Denver team is scary. They can take the Lakers best punch and come and come right back. And the Lakers can take Denver's best punch and come right back. I mean, I know we're talking about the Eastern. We're supposed to be talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, but I mean, this. Are you talking about finals, man? It's been some very questionable referee decisions man, going on. I mean, I was I spent so much time last night trying to justify that Lakers win. Like you know, LeBron with the block on Murray at the end, he fouled him. You know, AD. There was a play where AD got uh, a trip to the free throw line, and Paul Millsap was literally walking away from him because he injured himself. You know, he fell on that ankle weird and went down, and they gave him a foul, but it wasn't a foul. Like, you know, the Lakers did a lot of things well. They, they out-rebounded him, but, I mean, that Denver team is scary, man. Tough shot takers and makers. I mean, it's almost annoying how the tough shots they can hit, especially Murray. Ugh, I mean, his ability to put the ball in the basket from any angle, from any person on the court is scary. And they shot, I mean, 50, they shot 59% in the first half. Like the Lakers, I mean, they're a young, the they're a young team. They're still a young team, though. And, like, when when some players are going to be riding off into the sunset, this will still be a fun team to watch. Yeah. It, it'll definitely be interesting to see where this Denver Nuggets team goes. But we'll see tonight what's going to happen with, uh, with, with Miami and the Celtics. I hope Miami – I hope that I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I would like to see the Celtics. This is going to be a very interesting finals matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was hyping up the Bucks and the and the Raptors, but look what happened. And the Clippers. We, don't forget the Clippers. And the Clippers. That too. Well, we could have had. They could have had an all L.A. finals and a. But when you talk shit and you. When you're talking hot shit without the action, then you end up getting a hot mess, mm-hmm. which you have the Clippers. Yeah. That being said, I don't see the original question is who's the scariest matchup for the Lakers. I don't see Boston coming back, but either way, I would have gone. I would have went with the Heat. Just I don't know. Like Boston has the talent, but the Heat's ability to play defense and just be so scrappy and be so deep. They don't have anybody that's going to stop LeBron and AD. I almost said D-Wade. That's going to stop LeBron and AD, but they can they can score by committee and play some defense, and I think that would be scary for the Lakers. At this point, you know, whoever come out the East is not good enough to beat the Lakers. They don't I'm not going to lie. Pretty much, if we're thinking guard matchups, being realistic, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If Boston wins – 
say Boston wins the East. Mm-hmm. Boston, I feel like the Lakers are going to have a hard time containing Kimba. And then, don't get me wrong, Jason Brown and – I mean, J- sorry, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. they don't get me wrong, LeBron is going to be LeBron regardless. LeBron is going to be LeBron regardless. Daniel Tice does the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're not gonna, I'm not I'm not asking for a lot from Daniel Tice. Mm-hmm. However, what I will say is this. And then, you know, now I ain't going to lie. Marcus Smart is going to cause some problems. Mm-hmm. He will. That's what I expect him to do. And then out the east, then you got Miami. So, look, you got, you got a lot of options. So, it, it's going to be a scary matchup either way. Honestly, that's that's how I feel. Whoever wins the East, it'll be an interesting matchup no matter what. All right, transitioning, transitioning. Nuggets down 3-1. Then you got another comeback in I, I think I think they uh, – Honestly, with these teams, they they were able to beat the Clippers. They were able to beat the Jazz. I will if they like I said, if they can push it to six, mm-hmm. and let's say if they're right with the momentum after that, mm-hmm. I think they can at least go to seven. Do, I think. Do you think they can? I win? think it'll definitely work. Do you think they can win the series? Do you think they can win the series? No. No. Wait, no. Wait, not at all. No. I'm just... They push it to seven, and LeBron's dropping forty. Let's just be honest. <laughs> LeBron ain't going home. They push it to seven, and LeBron's gonna be like, okay, okay. Uh, to answer the question, I don't think they have a comeback in them. I think it ends tomorrow. I think it's over. I think the Lakers come in riding high. They got punched in the mouth game three, and they responded. Now they got some lucky calls because Denver could have won that game last night because they were just on fire shooting. Guys weren't missing, but the Lakers did do some dirty work. They got the rebounds. They got a lot of second-chance points. I think they come out sky-high, confident, know what's on the line to finish it off tomorrow. So the Nuggets definitely don't have a comeback in them, in my opinion. But I want to talk about Braun just transitioning in. This is not even on the list to talk about. But is it me or has Braun felt quiet this, this whole in the playoff run? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it felt like Braun, like in the Portland series, it felt like, the most important players were Dame and AD. Then it felt like in the in the Rocket series, the most important players was Harlan, Russ, and AD. Now in this series, it seemed like he's the most fourth important player. Like it seemed like it's Murray, Jokic, AD, and then Braun. And sometimes I feel like Braun is like I know he's playing hard and he's just so efficient, but this is by far the most quiet I've seen LeBron do what he does. Do you feel the same? I mean, when you rise to the occasion, I get what you're saying, though, because at the end of the day, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a clutch gene, though. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's okay to be clutch. Mm-hmm. You know, you definitely want to be clutch and whatnot. You know, and push come to shove. When when you're being realistic, LeBron will show up. It may not necessarily be like, you know, hey, it may not be this many points, but hey. When he deliver, when LeBron delivers, mm-hmm. he's gonna deliver. Damn it! It's almost weird because it feels like he chooses when the fuck he's gonna show his ass and when the fuck he's just gonna be the most. He chooses when he's gonna show his ass and be that killer, and then he chooses when he's just gonna be. I'm gonna make the best basketball play, and it seems like right now he's Mister. I'm gonna make the best basketball play. Right. 
this series go to seven, which I don't think is happening, we're going to get Mr. Killer. We're going to get that 45 and 15 he dropped on Boston when he was supposed to go home in 2012. Like, so. This is true. I mean, you're right, though, man. I, I uh, let, Let's close it out, man, you know, because the game's about to come on and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see what happens with that joint tonight. We'll see what these predictions goes on, where everybody – so let's make some predictions. Miami or Boston tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually convinced me and changed my mind. I had Miami closing out the series, but we're going to go hopeful. Hopeful. Boston forces game six. 107-104. Boston. I, uh, I have – I actually have, I have overtime. I have this game going into overtime. I have it 110-112. And it is going to come down to free throws. Mm. All right. And you say Nuggets force game six to my room. Yes. What's your score? And even though it's going to be some, and I feel like it's going to be some foul calls against some, and and if Scott Foster is officiating this game, it is going to be some very questionable foul calls. Uh-huh. I I have this. This is I feel like this game is going to go a hundred. I have it one hundred and fourteen, one hundred eleven. No buzzer beater. It's going to come down to intentional fouls. Well, not necessarily. Well, it's going to come to intentional fouls. I got the Lakers tomorrow. Sky high confidence. Boards, 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 boards. The White Howard single-handedly wrecking havoc, wreaking havoc on the boards. AD doing his thing. Brown sprinkling in KCP hot. Uh, we get another. We get a playoff. Watch for playoff Rondo. Watch out for playoff Rondo, man. I think we might get a playoff Rondo performance. I get Lakers tomorrow. One hundred eight ninety-eight. Series over. One hundred eight ninety-eight. That's a that's a gutsy prediction. That's a that's a gutsy prediction though, but <laughs> I I mean I respect your opinion though. It's gutsy, but I respect your opinion. Right, man. Well, for the everything under the sun podcast from the official kind guys here, I'm Lord Welcher signing off. Tell them who it is. Tell them who you are. This is This is Trill Salsa signing out. Uh, come back soon again. Like I said, it's it, it's it's been a long it's been a long ass week. But we made it, y'all. It's Friday. We made it. It's Friday. Till next week. Truly, don't let them kids drive you crazy at the job. I fuck with you. You're damn right. Go home. Everybody go home. Wash your hands. Wash your feet. And wear a damn mask. This is why we in the shit we in right now. (laughs) Until next week, the Pie Guy signing off. Everything under the sun podcast. Yes, sir.